Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. It's always an honor and a privilege to, to bring the Word of God and the anointing that God has placed within us because we always understand that whatever God has deposited within us, it's not just for our own, it's always for others. When God first called me into the ministry, He called me to be an evangelist. And I did exactly what an evangelist would do. Go where the people are, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. I'm still looking for the dead. I couldn't find any. So the dead are still dead because they don't let me find them. But when there was when the transition took over and started becoming a pastor, it was different. But then the anointing as an evangelist did not did not go. Was still with me, and so my job now is not it's not just to go after the lost. My job now is to encourage the church to do it together with me, because really. There's not one particular ministry in the kingdom that can do it all. That's why we have a body. The body of the Lord Jesus Christ is one, but has many members. So every part, every member of the body should know their part, should know their function. And I don't believe that there's one of us here that is called by God to function only on Sundays. I believe every single of us are supposed to function every single day. And I'm so excited about your year. Oh, you're in the back, you're not excited about your year. I'm even excited about your year. You should be the You should be excited about your year. Year of fullness. Wow. When was the last time you were so full of God? Or can you actually remember the day and the time you're so full of the devil? When was it? I hope it was not A.D. I hope it was, it was B.C. Because if it was A.D., you're not supposed to be full of the devil anymore because you're supposed to be full of God by that time. Now, but of course... I've seen it in many people's lives, both here and abroad, that you can call yourself a Christian, but you're full, full of something else. Full of hate. Full of fear. Full of anxiety. Full of lust. And so many other things of this world. But I believe before we can actually receive the fullness of God, we have to get ourselves free from anything else. I was telling Pastor Alvin the other day concerning, because they were asking me, where did you get the, the name Tom? Your real name is Ephraim. Ephraim, Ephraim. Now that was not the name I used when I was in school, because I thought the name that I had was Ephraim. 
And later on, when I took my birth certificate, what I found out was Ephraim. So I had trouble getting my passport. I was supposed, I was supposed to blame my parents. You did not tell me what my real name is. And so people started calling me with different kinds of names. And then here comes a name, Tom. They started calling me Tom. I didn't even know where did they get the name. But I began to like the name when somebody told me, a Norwegian missionary told me what in their language the name Tom means. Now, of course, he was hesitant to tell me what it means in Norwegian because he was a bit, he, he thought I would be mad. But then my response was so positive, I actually told him, thank you so much for telling that, telling me that. In, in the back of my mind, I was saying, from this day onwards, anybody would call me Tom. That's fine. And in fact, I would have myself introduced as Tom. But I just have to tell people, I am, I am Tom who is not Thomas. I am Tom who is Abraham. <laughs> and so... He would introduce me, Tom. And in Norwegian, the name Tom means empty. I see somebody nodding his hand. Are you Norwegian? Praise the Lord. So you probably know the guy, the brother who, who told me that. So I begin to love it. You know why? Because how many of you know that God can never fill you with anything that he has? Or everything that he has, unless you empty yourself from anything that you have. There's no mixture of spirit in the kingdom of God. The spirit of God cannot mix with the spirit of this world. The spirit of God cannot be mixed with the spirit of Jezebel. The spirit of God cannot be mixed by any other spirit. He wants to bring purity into our lives. And so before his fullness come, then we should be able to find ourselves empty before him. Now I know if, if you are an intelligent guy, if you are knowledgeable, if you are, well I've heard somebody posted, the other said, intelligence doesn't make you have more knowledge than anybody else. You can, know, you can know more and not be intelligent. I mean, your IQ may be high. In as far as your skill, I mean, you may be at the best of the best. But if you are full of yourself, I don't think God will be able to use you in the fullness of what he had designed you. So with all of those, which is, it's not really bad to be intelligent. It's not bad to be knowledgeable. It's not bad to be skilled. But even if you have those, those are supposed to be brought nothing right before the feet of Jesus. Because it's, it's not going to be some of us and some of him. It's not going to be a few of me and a little bit of him. I begin to like what John said. He must increase, 
but I must decrease. But I came to realize that's not really what God wants. He just don't want us to decrease. We have to come to a place where we said, where we would say, I am nothing. And I want him to become my everything. Now, it only, it, it only takes a crazy person to do that. Like me. Because really, within myself, I'm nothing. Now, of course, it is easier said than actually being lived out. You can easily say, well, it's actually not me, it's God. But then, from behind the scene, I mean, you're almost taking all the credit of what has been done. And so, with this year being a year of fullness, I have something I can reinforce your year. You want to hear? You want to hear it? Okay, if you don't want to hear, you're dismissed. And those who are watching Facebook Live, hello. Stay online. You don't want to miss what God wants to do in your life. Because the Lord had spoken to us, not necessarily the same thing, but how many of you know that God works in one place and in other places, maybe not the same, but it's actually intertwined. That the end result of which, God is glorified, the church is edified, and the lost is rich. Whoa, it was free. I didn't have it this morning, the first service. So it was for free. I'm not, I'm not going to charge you for that. God is glorified. The church is edified. And the lost is rich. How is it going to happen? Okay. <laughs> so, the word of the Lord for us in Santa Rosa, which we have actually begun to spread it in other places, is that 2000 year will be, 2000, 2018 is a year of great combination of manifestation in great acceleration. And let me add to it, which is, this is only here. Nobody else knows this yet. Even Santa Rosa people don't know this yet. 2018 is a, is a year of great combination of manifestation in great acceleration for the mobilization of the church that the end result will be explosion. I hear somebody exploded. Now, you might ask me, Pastor Tom, what do you mean about combination? Well, combination is not really something new. Before my eyes was opened to this revelation that God gave me, 
during the, the beginning of the year. I never saw a notice that in life you always see it. You would go to Jollibee. There's a combo. Right? You want a piece of chicken, a rice, and a drink, and what else? It's a combo. When I go McDo, or you would even go buy a car, or even a house. You're not just buying a house. When you, you, when you bought the house, something goes with it. It's a combination. So it's been there for too long. And we as a church, we have tried to do things on our own individually. Thinking, oh, this is just me. I mean, this is what the Lord told me. I don't know about what the Lord told you. I believe we all needed to remember that there was one mandate that was given to the church. And it was not different from me and different from you. For you. We received the same commission, which is we call the Great Commission. I did not receive a different Great Commission. We all received the same Great Commission, and that is to go. We were never commissioned to stay. And in fact, if we have stayed in this church for too long, and we have never reached out somebody else, you have stayed long enough. It's time for you to go. Now, I know you will always have a base, and your base is this. But my point is, we all should be going. Now, but if I go, you will ask me, but Pastor Tom, but if I go, what will I do? Well, this is where the combination part takes place. Because as you go, there should be a combination of manifestations, and the manifestations are this. The Bible speaks about the gift of the Spirit. And the Bible speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the Lord told me, Psalm 2008 is not about one and eight. Really, there's nothing bad about one because one means God, and eight means new beginning. But He told me, now this could be this could be personal revelation. You don't have to take it. But after this, beyond this, I believe it's for all of us. He told me, Tom, it's not going to be one and eight. It's going to be nine and nine. And when he said nine and nine, I knew what he was saying. The Lord speaks my language. He never speaks mysteries to me. If in fact, he would, if he would speak mystery to me, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will interpret that mystery to me. And that's why the Bible says when we speak in tongues, we're speaking mysteries. But the Word of God says, eye has not seen, ears has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man, that which God is about to reveal. So nothing will be kept secret in this day and hour, in as far as the plan of God is concerned. And so, I knew what God was talking about. When he said about combination, great combination of manifestations. Because what I see is the church is not necessarily, doesn't function in any of this. 
But the problem is the church is functioning in one of these but never in the other. Or maybe the church will function in the other but had neglected the first one. What God is saying that these two will come together so that the church will begin to be mobilized and be a force that the world will reckon with. I mean, we've never been that way. We've always looked at the, we've always looked at the church as underdog. When in fact, it was not Jesus' intention. Because he said, even the gates of hell shall not prevail. Listen to me, we are not underdog. We are not inferior to any organization, religious organization, any government, any business group. We're not inferior. The Bible tells us we are seated with him in the heavenly places. Our president is only seated in, the, in Malacanang. Or any president in the White House. Or in other places in the Rainbow House. That's in some other places. But you see, we're not seated anywhere else. We're seated in the high places. It's the highest authority. But we've been acting like we're underdog. We've been acting like kawawa. Oh, poor me. We don't have the money. We're just a poor church. We don't have the money to send our people to, to go to another city, to go to another village. We just want to manage our own little village. I mean, I don't care how poor the church may be. I believe every single church is commissioned by God to go into all the world. Amen. Now, what are the nine gifts of the Spirit? Which is very important that the Bible tells us that we as the church should never be ignorant about it. I've been teaching this subject for 25 years now, but even, even as I continue to teach, I would still see the, the gross ignorance amongst the believers. Now, I, I cannot blame the church for being that way. Because obviously, the reason why it's that way is because nobody's teaching. Nobody's spreading the word. And in fact, some people are doing their best to actually hide this thing from the church. Like for example, a young believer would come to a pastor and ask, is that for us today? Is healing for us today? Are miracles for us today? Then the pastor would say, well, I wish it is. But I think it's only during the apostles' time. And some pastors would actually say, it has been done away with. I mean, it's sad. Not amongst ourselves, as new lifers. Hello? But we have other brothers in another fold. We don't want them to be left behind while we're enjoying this. And that's why we really need to be mobilized that would end into explosion because we cannot keep it here. You cannot, no matter how much you try to do, you cannot contain an explosion. An explosion will affect others. 
And I believe that's why we are here. Now, we're not trying to tell the world we're better than anybody. We're not trying to tell the world that we have it all. No, there's no local church that has it all. We're not telling everybody that we know it all. We're not telling anybody that we, we have done it all. No, what we're telling the world, this is what God is telling us. And in fact, we would never be able to be the church that we are supposed to be, not until we find ourselves Flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Manifesting in the gifts of the Spirit. Demonstrating the power of God. Because the Word of God says the kingdom of God is not in word. But it is in power. You see, if we don't see power in Christianity. Then Christianity had become another religious organization. I don't want to believe that we are, we as Christians, we, we are a religious group. And the reason why, the reason why I don't want Christianity a religious group is because there's no religion in the world that can show the power of God. But Christians are here to show forth. But the question is, are we showing it forth? Is the world seeing it? What are the mainstream media are catching and trying to show the world? And we would complain, oh, we're such in a time where men have become too evil and wicked. And the world has become too dark. Listen to me, my problem is not the presence of darkness. My problem is the absence of light. Because I promise you, no matter how dark the world is, if you're going to show forth your light, that darkness will dissipate. No darkness can ever overcome and overtake light. But I promise you, it's not going to take one man only. That's why as a local body of believers, we need to come together. So that if we could bring... It does not matter how, how many volts, how many watts you have. You could be five volts, five watts, and Pastor Albin is 100 watts. <laughs> Pastor Mitz is 200. <laughs> like, Pastor Elma is 200 and I'm 100. Can you imagine if, if, we keep, if we could put all these lights together, how much impact would we make? And so I believe we needed this combination of character and charisma. Now, I was born again in a time where two messages that pastors preach, and it has actually nothing to do with my salvation, and yet I got saved. During those days, the message that you could hear on radio and on TV is about tithing and offering or pastors will preach against idolatry. Now, I know it's wrong. I know idolatry is wrong. But for the first time in church, in a Christian church, I walk in, my dad and I, I'm a first generation believer. Nobody in the family is a preacher. 
And so I didn't know how it is to be a preacher. I never had a dream of becoming a preacher. I didn't pray God called me to be a preacher. Never want, never dreamed of. But then on that day that I was in church for the very first time, the pastor was preaching about tithing and offering. And by the time he was done preaching, he said, is there anybody who wants to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your, as your personal Lord and Savior? Raise your hand. I raised my hand. I did not even hear a message of salvation. The message was tithing and offering. What a good way to be served. I mean to be saved. Woo! Hallelujah. And so you won't be surprised if you get to know me better. You won't be surprised why I talk so much about tithing and offering. And sometimes even much longer than the message itself. Because that, that is when I was saved. But then after that, more or less one year, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. With great demonstration and manifestation of the Spirit in a time where this subject was being was tried by ministers, tried to hide from other people. But because God has created so much hunger in me, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed up to a point where God had seen my hunger that in a prayer service which is supposed to be attended by every believer but only two of us came. Only two of us came to the, to the meeting, to the prayer service. And so both of us were filled with the Holy Spirit. Nobody prayed for us. Both of us were hungry. And we speak in tongues. We spoke in tongues for two hours. And after two hours, we started asking people surrounding the area, did you hear anybody praying or whatever? Yes, they said. We were hearing so many people praying. We, we don't know what they were saying, but it was just a sound. Not so familiar to us. And then we told them, no, it was not a group of people. There were only two of us praying in the spirit. So right there and then, a supernatural manifestation of the gifts of the spirit with the host of heaven praying with us that other people begin to hear, not just us, but the angels of God praying with us. So it was almost like I was born again with tithing and offering. And now filled with the Holy Spirit with the demonstration of God's supernatural power. So, by that experience, you know that you know where God is going to take you. And you, you're not going to apologize for where God is taking you. Because it's going to be good. It might not be the way you have tried to charter Or it might not be the way you plan. But if you can trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. And if you would acknowledge Him, He will direct your path. And the path that I took was something supernatural. Because from that day onwards, I've seen signs, wonders, and miracles. 
and demonstration of the nine gifts of the Spirit. I realize, wow, this is so good. And I don't have any right to keep, just to keep it to myself. I begin to share it with others. I've learned impartations early on in my walk with God. I would pray for people. Not because they needed something. Not, not because I know that they needed something of, but I know they needed something in order for them to be used by God so others' needs could be met. Because I realize that the gifts of the Spirit is not only given to a few. The gifts of the Spirit is given to all believers. Just because you don't see it manifest, that doesn't mean it's not there. Just because you don't see it, you don't feel it, you don't hear it, that doesn't mean it's there. You see, in fact, everything that we see now is temporary. But the things we do not see are eternal. So in fact, what you do not see now is more real than what you see. What you do not see now is more real than what you feel. If we could fix our eyes on Jesus and set our minds on things above, I promise you, you are not going to walk, you're not going to live a natural life. You're going you're to begin to walk in the supernatural, demonstrating the very gifts of the Spirit. Not just for your own personal benefit, but for the benefit of all. Because verse 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. You understand what each one means? Does each one include you? How many believe you are included here? And you might say, but Pastor Tom, Apostle Paul is only talking to the Corinthian church. It's not, it's not, I'm not included there. I believe he's talking to the body. I believe he's talking to the church. Not just the church during his days, but the church during our day today. So the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. It's already there. Somebody asked me, Pastor Tom, does it mean I have all the nine gifts of the Spirit? Now, if all the nine gifts of the Spirit is like a toolbox, is in the toolbox, would God just give you one of the tool in the box instead of giving you the entire box? So that whenever you need it, you would just draw something from that box and use it for the glory of God and for the benefit of others. You don't have to call upon heaven. You have just to draw something from within. You don't even have, when you are confronted by an evil, by, by the devil, you don't have to run and say, wait for me after three days. I'll be back. I promise you, I'll be back. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, let me pray and fast first. So three days later, maybe late. But if you could draw the gifts of the Spirit from the deep within, if you could draw from deep within and say, Mr. Devil, 
in the name of Jesus, you are not you are not in position to possess this person. I command you, I adjure you by Jesus Christ, leave and go. I set this man free. But Pastor Tom, do I have the right to do it? I am not reverent. As a matter of fact, there are lots of reverend who, even, who does not even do it. Because some of the reverends are afraid that if they will begin to deal with the demons, the demons that they might be delivered from demonic possession, but they're afraid that the devils may jump on them. So it's not about being reverend. It's not about being PTR. It's not about being pastor, being ordained. It's just being a believer. Because if we are believers, isn't that we have something that we believe? To show the world, not just to tell the world. Enough has been done or enough has been said concerning what we believe. I believe it's about time to show the world of what we believe. Enough has been said already. But the word has not been changed. I believe it's about time that the world must see. Because when the world begins to see it, the, when the world begins to see the combination of charismata, spiritual divine endowment, it does not come from church, it does not come from denomination, it does not come from the pastor, it comes from above. And actually, you don't have to wait for it. Because on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came. And from that day since, the Holy Spirit has not left the earth. He's still here with us. And so we are not going to be tarrying anymore and waiting for it to come. He is here. All we have to do is say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And begin to recognize that this gift has already been given. Now, you may not need the, all of the gifts at one time. You may only need one gift at a certain time. But no matter what is needed at that moment, just believe the Bible says, earnestly covet, earnestly desire. I know covet is not the, it's not the proper word, but that's part of the scripture that encourages us to covet. Earnestly desire the, for the best gift. I believe that the best gift is whatever is needed by people who are there at that particular moment in time. You see, when somebody needed a healing, I don't believe he needed a prophecy. Stop that prophesying. I needed healing. Touch my body. Heal me. Make me whole. Let me rise up and walk. I am blind. I wanted to see. I am deaf. I wanted to hear. I am lame. I want. No, let me prophesy over you. You're going to become rich. I don't want that. I want healing. Hello? Do you want me to prophesy over you when you're in the midst of sickness and disease? Although prophecy may work together with the gifts of healings. 
But it's not just the prophecy that brings healing. It's the gifts of healings that brings healing. We might need both. And sometimes we might even need some gift of word of wisdom or knowledge that we will begin to walk down the road and begin to talk to somebody. You have a problem in your heart. And you don't even, have, you don't even know the person. You don't know the history. But then the Spirit of the Lord just told you, I guess you have a problem. You have a heart condition. Isn't that right? And then the guy would even say, how do you know? How do you know? And then you would begin to tell the guy, well, the Spirit of the Lord telling me. You want me to pray for you? I like this one guy who is emerging today as a young, well, he's not really young. He's emerging today, and I like his ministry. I begin to like his ministry. His ministry is called Lifestyle Christianity. Have you heard about it? His name is Tad White. He would pray for people wherever he go. Walking down the road of Jerusalem, praying for young people who have problem with their knees. One leg is shorter than the other. I mean, right there, they took video. And you would see the legs, the shorter leg begin to grow. I mean, he is in shorts. Walking shorts. Not short shorts. Walking down the streets of Jerusalem. Not trying to show being religious, just lifestyle. No, no sensation. Oh, I feel, I, I feel the anointing. I think you're going to be healed. No. no, there's no such thing like that. Now, I know sometimes God operates that way, but if you would do that outside, people will run away from you. I could sense. Oh, I don't know, but can you feel it? No, it's okay. Inside the church, it's okay. But outside, people, I mean, you're, you're driving people away. That's why it's okay to act here. Inside here, it's okay to act crazy. Uh, there's one thing I told New Life Tacloban. You know, sometimes we Christians, we need, we need it to be lost of our mind. We need to become besides ourselves. I mean, that's the word that's calling us. So, let it be that way. We're full for Christ. Because we are trying to contain ourselves. And by containing ourselves, you also contain the power of God. Listen to me. God's power is explosive. There's no way you could contain it. If ever you try to contain it, it will not explode in you and through you. It will explode somewhere else, in somebody else's life, and anybody who would open to it. So you have it. We have this gift. It may not operate in your lifetime. The nine gifts of the Spirit may not operate. But it has to be combined with the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, I've seen this gift operate in my life and other people's life. But the problem is they have not combined it with the fruit of the Spirit. And so it didn't go very far. It didn't go very long. 
it stops. Because I believe, just like if you're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. Chapter 12 and 14 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. But then, the really main thing is chapter 13. Because the Apostle Paul begins to say, you might have the faith that can move mountains. You may be able to raise the dead, heal the sick, heal the sick, speak in tongues, I mean, tongues of angels. Or you may be able to lay your, your life down to be burned if there's no love. Those things means nothing. Now somebody else, so, so Pastor Tom, that means we really don't need the gift. We only need the fruit. Listen to me. Here's how I see it. And here's what the Lord showed me. The gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit are two legs in a person. If you will only be able to stand by your leg, by one leg, there would be no stability with it. You could easily be blown by the wind here and there. But if you are standing with your tall legs, I mean, no matter what comes your way, stability, consistency. But Pastor Tom, we are not that part of the body of Christ that believes in miracles. We only believe in walking in love. So how you actually do it if you said you don't believe in miracles, you only believe in walking in love. Okay, show me. How far can you go with your walking in love without the other leg? How far can you go? How much can you accomplish? While if you have both. We cannot say, I don't need that. I belong, to, I don't belong to that group. I only need this because we belong. If we are the body of Christ, we need both legs. We need the, the gifts of the Spirit and we need the fruit of the Spirit to bring stability to our church. So that whatever challenge, because challenges will come. So that whatever challenge comes our way, we're stable. We're not easily blown away. Some new doctrine, some new fad may come. Some other deep revelation that other people may say, Oh, the Lord spoke to me this. No, you are not going to easily believe it because you are, you are stable. In the, in the gift of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. It will bring stability to the church. I mean... This is how the Lord has brought stability into our life. Like what I've said, born again. Really, I had, I had no one, I had no one, anybody to do the follow-up for me. Disciple me, mentor me. Focus their life and time. Spend their resources for me. It was just something that the Lord has created in me, a hunger and a thirst that nobody else has during my time. And the good thing about it is the Lord taught me how to respond to it. It has nothing to do with me. It was all the Lord. I mean, you would even read the scripture 
and the Holy Spirit, you would, you would hear the Spirit and you would see the finger of God pointing at the word Scripture and He's trying to tutor you what does it mean. He's trying to explain it to you. And while He's doing that, it was not the first time you've read the Scripture. You actually read the Scripture several times. But then when He began to point the Scripture at you, I mean, immediately those, those words and, and verses and passages just begin to jump off the page and you begin to see something you've never seen before. And you would combine that revelation with the power of God. You walk in the supernatural, then signs, wonders, and miracles will happen. This, this was how the early church was born. This is how the church continued. But we, would, we have never seen that this was finished in the early church. The book of Acts is the only letter in the Bible that's not finished. Because you know what? We are the one that's supposed to finish it. And it's not going to be finished without this combination. Because it's not going to take our own human ability. It's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power. It's going to be by the Spirit of the Lord. And so, this is what the Lord is going to do. And before I end, let me give you one scripture. And the problem with me, if I give you one scripture, it goes another hour. <sighs> Exodus chapter 34, verse 10. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 34, verse 10. Is this making sense to anybody? Or I am, am I just talking to myself? And God said, Behold, I make a covenant. Now listen to me. He's not, gonna make, he's not making a covenant. He already have made the covenant. Hello. The covenant he has made with Abraham is the same covenant he has made with us. So stop waiting for a new covenant. There's no new covenant coming. There's, new co there's no new covenant that tells us that Jerusalem is in Davao. There's, there is no new covenant that says that Jerusalem is in Apalit, Pampanga. Don't get me there. I make a covenant. You already had made a covenant. And here's what he said. Before all your people, I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth. I'm very careful because I actually had seen so many miracles. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen the lame walk. I've seen all kinds of miracles. But I'm so careful that I might begin to say I've seen it all. Because really, I have not seen it all. I have, nothing, I have not seen anything at all compared to what God is about to show me. I've seen how our church grow. First three years of our church. We, didn't, we never tell our people to go win the lost. We did nothing and as far as evangelism was concerned. 
because we were focusing on the instruction that the Lord told us as a church. But it was during the time when we were not doing evangelism that the, that the church was doubling every single year. And there's nothing you can do to stop from happening. And so we spread our wings and we began to evangelize. It was not just the church that was growing. We also start other churches. We, we start helping other churches grow. It's not just because we were there. It was actually even after we went there. Because it, this has nothing to do with man. This has something to do with the Spirit of God. And so the Lord is saying, Before your people, I will do marvels such as have not been made in all the earth. Have not been done yet. Have not been made yet. Have not been seen. It's something I've never seen. But you're going to see it. Because this is the year of fullness. Because this is the year of great combination. Of manifestation. In great acceleration. For the church mobilization. So that the end result would be. A mighty explosion. We are, the church is not a sitting duck. We are not, we are not a stranded passengers waiting for a ride. We are on a mission. We have an assignment. Church, let's get excited. This is the year. This is our year. And I don't know how long this is going to be. But I believe this will, this will, this will be culminated when when we see Jesus face to face, the culmination of which, you thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I don't know about you, but something is going to happen. Oh, Pastor Tom, you don't know how much financially trouble I am. Listen to me. I may not know what you're going through. Which... I really don't want to know. But here's one thing you needed to know. My God has said that He's going to transfer the wealth that is in the hands of the sinner into the hands of the righteous. We might have seen it from the scripture how it happens. But we, we have not actually seen it right here before our eyes. So it's about time that one of the things that God is going to do, we're going to see the great transfer of wealth. Some people are not excited about healing. Some people are not excited about deliverance. But when you begin to talk about money, Hallelujah. Because it has been their lifelong prayers. If, if, if I could only be free from poverty. But the problem is, some good guys told them, it doesn't matter if you're poor. Anyway, when we all get to heaven, we are all going to be rich. But my point is, I know you're going to be rich in heaven. What 
will be your richest form in heaven. There's no SM in heaven. There's no car dealership in heaven. You don't need those wealth in heaven. You don't need it, you don't need it for something. You needed the wealth while you're here. You needed an airfare to go to the mission field. You needed a hotel, a hotel accommodation to go somewhere else. And really, those good guys that tells you, never mind, it's okay. Don't know the scripture in the first place. Because my Bible tells me, Jesus, who is very rich, became poor for me. So that me, who is poor, might become rich in Him. Because as He is, so are we. Not when we all get to heaven. Here. Listen to me. Part of this combination, I mean, the miracle could be finances. Because we always look at miracles as healing. I believe it's about time that we need to see somebody going out fishing and the first, and the first fish he caught opened the mouth and then the fish began to stick out the money. We need to see it again. We need to see the bread being multiplied. We need to see the fish being multiplied. You see, the first ever miracle in both the old and the new was not about salvation from hell was not about healing of physical bodies the first miracle in both testaments is miracle provision so no child of God should be starving so no child of God should be poor if any child of God is poor, they should only be poor in the spirit. But Pastor Tom, isn't that being poor in the spirit also being poor with money? No. That's not what it means. Because being poor in the spirit means you can do nothing for yourself that you have to trust with your entire being. You have to trust the Lord that He is the one. He is the only one. You don't need this. You don't need that. He's the one that you need so that when you have Him as your need, then every other need has been taken care of. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.